Both woke first. He'd been dreaming, or at least he thought he was. There wasn't a clear space between the yawning dark he'd pitched into and the absolute absence of anything he'd plunged through for some time. The further he fell through that holy, black nothing, the less the actual act felt like motion at all, but more akin to a gesture of negation. Holy erasure. But there had been a luminescence, a fleeting flicker of pale celadon out in that dark, dancing behind his eyelids, like the loose liquid light of the stars on the murky Selen River, or the hazy points of his mother's ceremonial candles refracting through the thick perfumed smoke. First, a shimmer, and then nothing, or maybe something more. He felt himself pursue, but not in a familiar mode of movement, something closer to that dizzy will of dreamers. Coming into focus now, he recognized the flitting lilt of a butterfly or maybe a moth. Elegant tapered wings beating rhythmically in the stillness, but still sending perceptible currents of air across his face slowly culminating into this small zephyr which swells suddenly and immeasurably to a strong gust and then a moaning gale whipping over his face and blinding his eyes and forcing open his mouth and pushing down his raw throat filling his lungs to the point of burst he strained his chest seizing in protest as he fought to exhale until his body relented to failure and he drew breath in deep. And then he was coughing, heaving, retching dirt and dust and blood. And it was an hour or two after that that Bricks woke up, the majority of which both had spent an awkward, staggering exploration of their surroundings. The cavern was large, mostly empty, an unnatural smoothness to its surfaces, some walls bearing curious small panels and odd panes. There appeared to be a small alcove in the opposite corner of the room that he had not yet dared to explore, but seemingly no other points of exit. The inky black above where the boys fell, unbroken by any light, provided no scale or context for how deep they had dropped. He had heard the first sputtered curses as his brother returned to consciousness, and he hobbled his way back to where Brixby lay. While Fof had likely broken his ankle, suffered countless cuts and bruises, and even cracked a tooth, he was the fortunate of the two. His brother sprawled before him, broken, his legs and lower torso under a heap of jagged stone and metal that was far too heavy to be moved by Fof's repeated attempts. Blood slowly standing dark the dust around his exposed chest. Brixby looked up at his approaching brother's face, flecking the discolored dirt with more crimson spittle as he let out a hollow laugh. <laughs> Could have been worse. Could have landed on me bones. <laughs> Remember, on the looks and the brains of the family. Foth. He felt his face crack into a smile. 
almost painfully so, as he let out his own hacking chortle. Bricks continued, And we're gonna get out of here, little brother, one way or another. And Foth, against all odds, believed him. That is, until he found the dead man. This is Pod Against the Machine. Pod Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only podcast that will try so hard to trick you into fighting the giant evil ground robot that you just give up and fight the giant evil ground robot. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of a giant evil ground... Oh, sorry, Jeff. Oh, no. Oh, huh? man. Ah, huh? oh, jeez. I'll, I'll, you never mind. I was going to say I was thinking of an anecdote and then I cut Jeff off and uh, now the rest of the pot is going to be me apologizing. Ah, jeez. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's how I apologize. I don't just ever say sorry. I just make bummed sounds. Ah, boy. We will let this right. go on for an hour. Please. If, if I don't understand <laughs> why no one ever just steps in and and it's rude and it's mean. Well, that's the nope. thing is like you should right. know I, by I now though that's that we won't. That's I lied. I do understand. <laughs> content. That's why. Cuz it all counts as content. Yeah. It's good radio. Yeah, like if we had like something to symbolize our brand it, I think it would just be like a clothesline and like content just hanging from it <laughs> flapping mm-hmm. in the breeze Literally see I thought content. you were going to say a clothesline to match the waveform of one of our classic <laughs> six seconds of silence I thought you were going to say a clothesline like the sports thing where we just constantly knock each other over not too. a fake wrestling fan. You heard it here first, Izzy, with <laughs> the pugnacious pugilist vocabulary. Hey, is that a wrestling thing? I thought it was football. That makes more sense. <laughs> I think it's mostly a wrestling thing. I never looked up whether freaking Jerry Lawler died or not. I need to follow up that story. <laughs> All right, what what happened last time? We recorded two recently, and I'm unprepared. Um, so previously, uh, uh, I think we kicked uh, Ed 209's metal butt, didn't we? Yeah. Well, first y'all um, left Idenvay. I think you got some healing, did some shopping, and then uh, bought a cart and hit the road. And on the road, there was. It was so uneventful that we fast-traveled it, found your way to the Smokewood, um, found your ways into the Smokewood, 
where he found a, a big camp uh, where there were definitely some living beings. And um, Kira did a super good job sneaking. I remember that very clearly. That negative three, I want to say, on the stealth roll. <laughs> um, to say nothing of the running chainsaw that kind of rendered the whole thing moot anyways. And then um, some hill giants emerged, and they were very tactically genius and promised you um, a sword that cuts metal in exchange for killing the robot. And um, you tried to get them to kill the robot for you, and it was a whole big thing. In the end, the party gave up, went over, and fought the robot that had already killed four hill giants. The corpse is still light around it. And, um, didn't go well for the robot. It was, it was a beating. It was very sad. Uh, rest in peace, robot. Pieces, <laughs> Sam. And, um, that's where we are now. Standing over the smoking wreck of a once glorious warden robot. We can't rip any pieces off of this one, can we? And can we loot it? Um, <laughs> it doesn't look like... It really has any removable pieces. It's just a big old hunk of smoking glaucite now. Glaucite. What about a trophy? <laughs> can we can we harvest the trophy with a survival roll? Yeah. We have a chainsaw. What's not removable? Yeah, if you want to hock off a hunk of it, I won't make you roll for that. You can just hock off a hunk of this thing. It's not gonna get horribly mutilated like a thing made of flesh would. You know, Kira approaches the the fallen downed robot fallen comma downed robot and uh turns to asher and gives him a thumbs up it's like awesome do you want a trophy and then just starts hacking at it <laughs> up to five hours later we're sitting in front of a fire and the robot leg is just turning on a spit <laughs> we're all very confused as to why it's not working oh uh thank you kira i suppose we could if the hill giant center within a hundred feet of us didn't hear the cacophonous explosions we could take a piece of this warden robot to them and say we did it now we'd like a sword <laughs> how is everyone looking big stuff you got hit right what? who else was it Asher that got hit or was it was it Halloween uh, Alwyn is not down any points, so I'm assuming Asher was the other one that got hit. Uh, for a small amount, yeah. Yeah, I think we both got hit for a small amount, and then I got hit for a much larger amount, but that was a lie, because it was dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, that's what I remember. It was kind of a hallucination, yeah. like this whole group mm-hmm. hallucination thing. Yeah. They were imagining what could have been. Just like that scene from Twilight. <laughs> oh man, I was going to make that reference. No joke. Uh, <laughs> Only movie of those I saw in the theaters because uh, I was asked to come and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's not a whole lot of plot that I need to pick up on between now and then. And stop listening if this is going to spoil it for you. Don't worry. You don't need to know the plot because the last movie is literally it's all a dream. Doesn't and then matter. they're like, yeah, really? <laughs> yep. Wow. I just got Twilight spoiled. Yeah, there is a massive yeah, there's a massive fight scene that takes up about two-thirds of the movie. And the then at the end scene. of it, they go, oh, wait, no. The character with uh, 
precognition just saw this and then decided not to fight because they saw their side was going to lose. And then everyone just walks away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a Twilight podcast. We're going to go, okay, let's not fight. <laughs> I have seen all five of those movies, but I watched the Rift Tracks version, so I don't feel bad. I reverse clapped in the theater when it <laughs> happened. I took the claps out of Back. the air. Did not merit applause. Um, but our laying low of this warden robot sure did. So there's like no, theoretically, is this like on our way? Or perhaps that we stumble over a random encounter table and I shouldn't be looking at this map to try to figure out a way out of here with all the dun- like dynamic lighting that you've done. Um, well, it sort of looks like you've come to the end of the cleared path here. And that this map that you're on is not really proportionate to the forest that you're in. Um, it's kind of like this is a big forest, and even like the hill giants that you came from, they were like a quarter mile from where you are now. Um, so you covered a decent amount of ground, but it looks like this is it's probably bushwhacking from here, whichever way you go. Yeah, there's not any more clear paths like the one we're on between the hill giants and here. Yeah, that looks like that's sort of something the hill giants have cleared. The uh, the crater under him. Remember, you said something in the flavor description of him that they like guard, like vaults or some kind of thing like that. The he didn't come up out of a hole in the ground, did he? Is that what that is, or is that just like a crater that he made smashing things? I believe the hill giant said that it came out of the ground. Okay, so is what is underneath him there, is that like a hole we could go in? Is that like a tunnel it came out of? It looks like it's a hole that's about the size of the robot. It looks like it was literally just like sitting in the ground for who knows how long. Oh, so it didn't come out of a tunnel. It just like popped up from being buried. Okay. It's like a trapdoor spider. Yeah. Yeah. Did they ask uh, or did they tell us how long it had been? I feel like we talked about how long the robot had been there, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't know that they specifically said how long ago. Um, that works. Looking and reading back. I mean, it was recent. They were kind of camped out and trying to decide what to do. You can always ask them. They're very friendly. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to go back and make them give us that sword whether they have it or not, right? That is, in fact, what I was trying to <laughs> roleplay. <laughs> I mean, you do have around this robot, there are four dead hell giants, um in various states of decay. It looks like it's been a few days since the robot made short work of them. I noticed something interesting about the token size of these dead hill giants. Yeah, I just made them fit better. (laughs) Okay. Nothing's in proportion. I should say I'm I'm feeling even worse about those ones who refuse to go back now (laughs) looking at these. Right. Can we take anything off the giants? Is that a perception? Yeah. I mean, if you want to just search them, it doesn't really make sense to do a perception check. Uh, three of them don't have anything of value on them. But one of them, um, who's in probably the grisliest state of all, actually has a bag on her that has some gems in it. has a little hammer, a very fancy-looking little hammer. It's got a little bag in it, like a little empty bag, and a, a pink rock. Ooh, like... Does it look Ayun adjacent? That could, if you wanted to do any sort of spell crafting. Spell craft. Yeah. 
28. Uh, 28 on spellcasting will let you know that you're looking at a pink rhomboid Iune stone, which is a pretty nice little piece of treasure that grants the wearer a plus two enhancement bonus to constitution. That is pretty sweet, and I know exactly who I'd like to give it to. Is Lord. No. Oh, crap, that's right. If you want to it's, give it to the person to high con, that's no. right. Yeah, duh. Oh, well, but Izzy doesn't even have high con. If I remember correctly, Kira has, like, the same amount of con as Bricks. I think for practice. Yeah. I think Kira already has yeah. a con belt. Yeah, I do. Oh, matters, you yeah. do. They do not stack. Doesn't... Oh, it doesn't... It's not, like, an untyped bonus or something because it's an iron stone. Oh. Oh, that's nice. So, anybody looking to get some con? Uh, who else does a lot of melee? Probably bricks then, right? Yeah, it feels next... like a solid bricks. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool to roll on it. Like, we can, we don't have to make a utilitarian, centrally planned decision. We can, like, if there are multiple party members that can benefit from this, like... I don't know what my con is. I apparently forgot how to use my sheet since last week. There it is, ability scores. I feel like I have a decent con. I have a decent con. What's a decent con for you? Uh, it's a plus one. It's a 13. Yeah, I have one more than you. I have a 14 for Khan. Um, yeah, but, but I feel like Bricks is up in the fight more than Alwyn is. Like, you could use the health more than I can. I mean, I'm not going to say that I couldn't, but you've come closer to death in your short tenure of being yellow <laughs> and on this party. And, I mean, Asher went down most recently, right? And, like, we're yeah. totally boned if we don't have the DPS from oh, Asher. Yeah, actually, what? Yeah, what is Asher's uh, on? Can you benefit from a... Oh, it's a hot 12. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Alwyn looks at this thing, and he just throws it at Asher and knocks him unconscious because of his... <laughs> uh, no, he looks at this, and he kind of holds it up, and he goes, I... I think this is, it looks like something that can maybe make you feel healthier. I feel perfectly fine, so if someone else wants it, they can take it. And he will uh, offer it to the party, and I'm assuming Asher takes it. I certainly won't object, since it does seem that it may be beneficial, benefiting. Oh, you really hit me hard with that stone. I might benefit from it more than some of the rest of you. And what is that nice little hammer? Asher says as this pink rhomboid now joins the uh, plus one to initiative stone circling around him. Uh, the hammer is not magical. It's um, just it's just a small mithril uh, war hammer, but um, it's really fancy looking. You think it could get you about 5,000 GP. Wow. Unless Brixby wants to wield a mithril <laughs> war hammer. <laughs> uh... What's the deal on that small, empty bag? Uh, that'd be a spellcraft for the little little empty sack. Ooh. Is it handy? Think of that. Alrighty, that's a 21 for the six off the die. Um, let's see, is a 21 enough? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, you're looking at a bag of tricks. A rust bag of tricks, specifically. Ooh. I love this item. Rick, that's <laughs> It's a, a small sack that appears empty. If you reach your hand inside the bag, you'll feel a small fuzzy ball. You can remove this ball and throw it up to 20 feet away from you 
at which point it will turn into an animal. Oh my god, I had one of these in 5e. I don't think they were called that. That animal will serve whoever drew it from the bag for 10 minutes and then disappear. Is it still called the same thing? Okay. Is he saying it is? Okay. Uh, (laughs) They can follow any commands described in the handle animal skill. The different colors do different ones. It's always random. Um, Only one may exist at a time. Up to 10 animals can be drawn per week, no more than two per day. I love this thing so much. (laughs) This is amazing. Yes. I didn't realize that was in Pathfinder, because I absolutely had one of those in a 5e game, and I threw a freaking giant elk out of a bag, and it was amazing. So, um, well, this is a bag of small, fruity cereal, and (laughs) from what I understand, Rabbit, this isn't for you at all, no, this bag of tricks allows you to throw in animal perhaps conjured from a different plane or just lives in the bag i don't know but uh it does your bidding for a little while um you can actually do like a couple a day some a week this doesn't really feel like like a main hand item per se but it, it, i could think of probably a fun application of this somewhere down the line if someone wants to hold on to it we can otherwise i figure we'd just go to the bag of holding Unless that's an extra-dimensional space, and it'll explode. I think it is kind of an extra-dimensional uh, space. immediately reaches into it and throws uh, an animal onto the ground. Yes. Bounce me 1d100. Uh, 16 plus 3 even, I think. Is that a 0? Yeah, that's a 0. 60 even. Um, well, Alwyn throws the fuzzy ball about 20 feet away, and it turns into a wolf. Awesome. So this... He immediately runs up and starts petting the wolf. Um, it has uh, piercing yellow eyes and a sharp white teeth, but it is totally friendly to Alowin. And I think he will say, Until we need to sell this for something, I would very much like to hold on to this item. Knock yourself out. Holds the bag out. It's like, <laughs> not, not really useful. All right, so we got a tiny little mithril hammer. We have an iron stone. Very cool. Very glad that Asher's not going to die. Uh, we have the bag of tricks. Is there anything else that I'm missing? I guess you just posted in the uh, The gems, but those yeah, are just, just it gems. looks like they're just money. They're not magic. Okay, very cool. So, um, here's the thing. Are we going to go back? I don't know how much time any of you have spent around giants, but where I'm from, Chitterhome, the Selling Hills, that's where, uh, that's where there's plenty. And, um, Imagine the biggest toddler with the strength of an elephant, but the mind of, of a toddler. Right. So there's, there's just as good a chance that they're going to recompense us for this travail as they will pull our arms off and try to beat us with them. Um, I personally barely exhausted any resources. But I'm also not trying to spill any more blood than I have to. Um, anybody want to go back? Mm. Does, do their toddler brains make it more or less easy for them to be afraid of, you know, rational things like chainsaws and giant robot legs? I've never met a giant before, but I kind of don't want to go back and hurt them if they haven't done anything to us. Well, they were rude. Uh, 
So, from what I can remember, and I'm happy to also throw like a knowledge local to make this not years of meta, but since we're not really fighting them, this is really just, and I, I do know enough from the Gazetteer about, that's kind of near where I'm from. Uh, Bricks is just like, yeah, I mean, they're superstitious, it's stupid. So you can convince them to do something, but it's just as likely, you know, like a, like a draft hole or something. It'll do your bidding and, and do it with strength and haste or beat you to a pulp. Um, so I, I, again, I'm, I'm fine to go back. It's, I honestly don't think we need much in the way of a sword that cuts metal. Just kind of looks over at Kira. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, uh, got the impression they may not have been entirely truthful about that reward anyway. So we may as well attempt to press forward towards the tower unless we believe that this information that we murdered this warden robot might perhaps compel them to be more forthcoming, if they even know anything about the tower to begin with. I think they were probably telling the truth when they said they've never heard of such a place. They said later that they did, but I think that time they were lying to try to get us to kill this robot for them. Which I think is, if I remember correctly, that's what we learned from our roles. Like when they first said, we have no idea what the tower is, they were truthful, and later on it was. I don't think you did sense motives at the beginning when they were first talking about it, just later on when they started making promises. Mm. So, uh, Kira finishes ripping the leg off this thing and then immediately drops it with sort of a pout, just, fine, let's go to the tower. We did it! And then mumbles to herself. Just loud enough so they can hear from a distance. The sound of a banner unfurling <laughs> behind us. Goes, what did you do? Are you dead? Mission accomplished. You're going to have to read the banner. That's. Yeah, and we're ghosts now, and we're going to haunt you because you're jerks. I don't like that. You should leave. Okay. But you won't be able to see us because of how we're ghosts. Well, if you leave, then we win anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> and then Kiro out. Reminder that this conversation is happening over <laughs> screaming from a quarter of my absolutely <laughs> bellowing through the forest. Birds are flying away. No, we're using those walkie-talkies. The communicators. We left one with them. Yeah, we canonically gave the giants a walk. I want that banter Cannon. the entire time we're here. Sam remembering that voice and not turning it into Clarence. <laughs> it's so close, though. It's like right on the cusp of Clarence. Mm-hmm. Right so easy to cross the Clarence horizon. Oof. Speaking of heading towards the tower, Asher rolled a 26 na- uh, <laughs> national <laughs> geography. Knowledge geography. <laughs> national geographic. Uh, well, you know that knowledge geography to try and kind of point them in the right direction. Um, well, I don't think knowledge geography is really super helpful for trying to find a tower in the forest you're already in. Um, you could, if you could get above the trees, you could probably see the tower, or you could roll like a survival to try to navigate. Come here. Can we just get on the disc? <laughs> Up on the disc. 
I get to be Jack, though. Oh, well, you're a loser. So. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but just just let me hold your midriff. <laughs> now we're gonna go up. Oh, all right. And I'm gonna go up using my 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 disc feet that I rarely use these days, but it's because we're always in a constrained spot. That's the magical trick, floating disc, and I'm using spurn gravity. Uh, for us to fly up and take a peek at Um, so, like, how high can you get, like, you can clear the tree line kind of thing? Well, yeah, so I have a couple different options. I can either, so my normal disc movement is, like, 30 feet, so probably not in one round, but I can just straight up spurn gravity, which means I now have a fly speed of 50 feet, my hours... Oh, so there's no ceiling. You can just keep going up mm-hmm. as long as we're have the time for it. Oh, awesome. My hours that uh, turn to rounds. So instead of having hours per disc, it turns to rounds per disc and it's five feet, or sorry, 50 feet. Uh, so for the remaining duration of the spell, your fly speed increases to 50 feet and your disc ignores all altitude limitations. If I didn't do that, then we would fall. Um, if I didn't okay. return back to the ground. For, for those at home. Yeah, I was going to say... What happens, like, if you go, okay, so I have seven rounds of I this, fall. and, like, for the first six rounds, you go up. Okay, so you do have that's to, why like, I at got the halfway those point, come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I made a big deal about getting those boots. Because, yeah. like, I can fly up, up pretty high, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you fly up about 50 feet after one round, and then uh, another round is enough to get you clear of the treetops. And you can see, towering over the trees almost directly to the south of you like a little bit um southwest is the um narrow tall tower um peeks out over the tops of the trees i sort of cleared out a arrow pointing that way and like while you're watching it sort of like burps out a big cloud of black smoke and that flies up into the air there's you can see it has like a kind of conical top and coming through that conical top are just like tons and tons of black pipes and the smoke comes out of those pipes it's really weird kind of mechanical thing um you can also see like from up that's high you can see back to where the hill giants are and you can see another clearing like a little ways off to the um southwest where it looks like there's like some kind of glowing and uh that's about all you can see from here um, Asher, what do your insert heritage eyes see? Well, that direction. Almost directly to the south, just slightly southwest, I see a, a thin tower over the trees. It's a conical top with tons of pipes with smoke coming out of those pipes. And another clearing to the southwest, just some kind of glowing. Yeah. That that one, where I can only sort of see it around your hips, but I insist on being back here. Oh, of course. Um, it's good for the bit. Yes, it's stability state. Um, <laughs> but there's something glowing, like, away from the tower. There's the tower, but then there's, like... Knowledge glow? Um, I think it would take a knowledge arcana to try to figure out what kind of luminescence you're looking at over there. 
So we have this awkward shimmy where Asher will try and slide down onto the disc so he can lift up Brixby so that Brixby gets a better look with his knowledge arcana. But like Asher lifts Brixby with one of his hands covering both of Brixby's eyes. And Brixby, too enraptured in the moment, is like, yeah, yeah, I just, there's clouds. Can't see. He rolls a two for a 16. Yeah, you can't tell from here. Yeah, I mean, it could be any sort of glow, like space sickness glow, luminescent glow, sconce glow. Ah, well, well, let's go back down. We got, like, round or two before this pops out from under us, I suppose. Oh, new world. (laughs) (laughs) New horizons. We do just a little, little magical, whimsical dip before going back down. Um, and so, uh, this is, Asher actually saw a little bit better than I did up there. Uh, do, do, do you want to tell them what, what, what you saw? So you can explain it all again the third time. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. It's almost directly south, but slightly to the southwest, there's a slender tower. <laughs> with a conical top and all these black pipes coming out of it with smoke coming out of the pipes you know when we first made it over the trees it made a belch of smoke but not quite all the way there but to our southwest there's a, another clearing and some sort of glowing magical something could be a sconce I hear I couldn't look at you guys. I had to look away. <laughs> the whole rest of the episode is just Asher repeating that. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like that old Dana Carvey bit when if there's like a car accident or a fender bender, everyone will come out of their houses and be like, "Yeah, I was in the kitchen and I heard it, so I came out," and just like say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so what? What does everyone want to do? We see the tower. But now, this glow. I mean, glow hasn't been particularly good to us in the past. But I'm almost more nervous about not checking in on it. Is it a choking glow? I don't think it merited inclusion in the titling of this moment of our lives we're currently in right now. Um, But couldn't really tell from here there's there's something odd about it it doesn't strike me as um something that came from the stars well can we do both yeah maybe we can stop by the glow on the way to the tower yeah how how dense is this forest i mean in my mind trying to skirt around it would probably just add a bunch of time anyway so we may as well just try and go past it and check on it yeah, I mean, it, it's all effectively difficult terrain, just like hacking your way through the underbrush kind of thing. Hmm. Probably only one of you is really prepared for this kind of travel. I can't imagine who it would be. Asher draws the plus one light hammer. He's <laughs> <laughs> just hitting individual ferns with the hammer. <laughs> just one branch at a time. Yeah. Turn this place into green juice by the time you're done. <laughs> that fiddlehead um so we tromping off to the southwest yeah yep as you sort of 
head down to the southwest, slowly hacking your way through the underbrush and squeezing between the trees where there's just not really any good path because people don't really come here. Uh, at least not this way, anyways. You come to a sort of thinning out of the uh, underbrush and the glow hits you before you're clear of the trees and it's it's a very faint luminescence but at the same time it's pervasive it's just like in the dirt and like in the lichen on the backs of the trees and like in the plants and stuff if you keep pressing forward um, the trees open up and uh, it opens up into a small glade where uh, there's a extremely pale uh, woman standing there by herself in this very small uh, well it's not that small of a glade but um, there's a big flat rock in the center of it um, that's like slightly raised off the ground and this rock is is glowing quite a bit and then you know everything else is just all has that faint luminescence on it uh, anybody who has knowledge arcana except Brixby who's already failed can, can roll a knowledge arcana does this remind us of the glow from the like manticore cave of radiation or anything or no um it's definitely a different kind of glow that's all Asher could think of I wonder if we need the radiation detector but that was a uh, three on the die for a 12. <laughs> oh, this could be anything. Anything glowy. Could be a manticore. It's probably another manticore. I'm assuming a 13 is not going to get us any more than that. No, that, that also doesn't help you. Do we know it's not a manticore? Not with any confidence. It could be a manticore. What about the only resident that we see? Is there anything bizarre aside from their proximity to the glow gulch? Is she a manticore? Uh, she looks, you know, reasonably pretty, um, human-ish, uh, very, very pale, and kind of just like a little bit weird looking, uh, but she'll sort of smile in a sort of absent way and, and wave to you as you become visible in the tree line. Hello! Hello! Like, forest fey weird, or like, vampire weird? I you would have to roll some kind of check. Would it be local, or would it be nature, or... Maybe like a local. A local kind of thing might be the approximately right thing. Asher's not sure. With a total of a nine. Halloween rolled a nine to give him his second twelfth of the night. Could be anything. Could be a manticore. Rolled a three for a 14. It's not a very knowledgeable day for Brixby. Oh, man. If only these rolls were coming out in a combat, I might actually make a showing. Um, yeah, none of you know what this um, willowy, pale woman is oh. other than a woman hanging out by herself in the woods. How long have we been standing here in the open staring at her making <laughs> these rolls? Like, how much time has elapsed? I mean, she waved and said hello, and then it's gotten very awkward very quickly. Asher will wave back. Stare at her silently. And uh, do a cash detect evil if he gets within 60 feet. 
Okay. No, no evil detected on her. Has it been ten minutes? Does Alwyn still have his wolf? Uh, probably the wolf did not last the whole travel here. It was slow going. Okay. But he had a pet dog for a little while. He can always cherish yeah. that. And it's awesome because animals usually hate him, but this one is magical <laughs> this and has, one has to, stay to like him. <laughs> Hi. Uh, fine day in the forest. Oh yes, it's a it's a beautiful day here. What are you doing in these woods? We don't see very many people. We. Oh yes, my my sisters and I we live in the forest. They're off right now, of course. It's just just me, but hello. I have sisters. They're not here. <laughs> huh? Then we have lots of things in common. We're. Uh-huh. In the forest, we have sisters, and our sisters aren't here. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kira. Hi, I'm Thalina. What what you up to, Thalina? Living in the forest. Um, oh, that's cool. There's a, there's a horrible monster, actually, that has come into this grove and polluted the place. And my sisters and I are trying to decide how to deal with it. Do you know anything about horrible monsters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> perhaps you could help us. Can you tell us more about the horrible monster, just so we have horrible monster context? What? Oh, this is this is Brixby, and this is Asher, Hello. and this is Halloween. No. We don't have a wolf anymore. Uh, my name is Alan. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a wolf either. <gasps> more things in common. Uh, we will be good friends. Um, the horrible monster lives beneath this rock. It's a, it's a huge insect thing. It's just disgusting. What does it look like? Yeah, some bugs are like kind of cute. You know. Like a huge flying bug thing with huge terrible wings. Makes everything glow. It sneaks into your dreams at night and gives you horrible nightmares. Alright, that sounded like a really large firefly up until that last spot with the whole dream invasion. But, you know, we have actually dealt with mind invaders as well. Um, Could you just continue describing this while I roll this 20-sided rock in my pocket to see if there's like a... what, What would you classify this knowledge that you have as? Ah, some sort of knowledge ar- arcana, I would say. It's some sort of magical creature. Does sound quite arcane. Alright, let's just end uh, yeah. 25. That's an 11. See, it's two little lines. Um, it's hard to say from her description, but I mean, there aren't a ton of huge winged insects. That it could be, especially not, you know, magical things that can affect your dreams. And that, that last bit, the, that it can affect people's dreams. And the only thing you can think of like that is a, a, a star monarch, which is not a horrible monster. It's a, it's a sacred animal of Desna, like a chaotic, good, magical beast that good people love, at least. Um, 
can I like roll a religion to know that? I know you told me, but like, haven't actually brought this up. That's Brixby's deity. Y'all thought that I was too critical to have a god. <laughs> There's not like a Glonder version of that thing, is there? Is there like an evil version of the same that could creature? very well be. Uh, but if you want to roll a knowledge religion. Alrighty, that's a 19 off the die for a 32. Thematically accurate. Yeah, I think that's plenty to know um, the idea of a... Uh, these star monarchs as uh, emissaries of Desna and you know, guardians of the dreams of mortals. Generally good news creatures, not horrible monsters. Thelina, um, I may not be the most, well, theological of our ilk, but what you've just described to me sounds a lot like a star monarch. Do you know... The song of the spheres. Butterfly, the Desna, the familiar god of mortals. Uh, she cocks her head to the side and I've never been much for religion. Neither was I for some time, but uh well, you find interesting things in the dark, and this this sounds like a very benign and gentle creature, one that brings the wonders of the stars to the absent mind. I I don't know if either, and I, again, I'm not trying to say anything, but I don't know if either, A, this is a horrible monster, or B, that it has been described correctly, because it's very hard for me to reconcile these two. Anybody else heard about one of these? Anyone? Uh, would my 25 religion uh, check have let me hear about one of these? Um, I think with a 25, you can definitely concur at least the, the general gist of it. Uh, yeah. These are creatures that are sacred to Desna. They're definitely known as, as good. Yeah, so he'll say, uh, I, in my time trying to learn about these and he does the finger quotes gods uh, I did hear about these creatures they're messengers of the butterfly god they're, they don't hurt people I think I think this might be something else it doesn't match up with what those do and she frowns and sort of looks down and says well it's, it's been a horrible monster to us perhaps you are also monsters in disguise perhaps which is not certain based on merely the description what this creature may be we could have of course always consider taking a peek under the rock I don't think anything could possibly go wrong if we did that put our eyes on the creature as it were, and determine its true identity. I assure you, we are not evil creatures in disguise. And Asher will give a comforting smile and a diplomacy roll. You're extremely competent. Extremely competent. Five. Uh, only a 23. Um, she's definitely sort of 
looking at all of you distrustfully at this point, and they'll reveal the rest of the glade, instead of just a little sliver of it. She says, Yes, why don't you come in? Take a look underneath, and you'll see the horrible monster, but don't let it hurt you. Don't let it touch you. That's how it gets into your mind. Is that the pollution that you're talking about? Mind control? It can get into your mind if it touches you. It can get into your mind if you sleep. Have, can we do a quick sense motive on that? Come look at this, it won't yeah. hurt you. Something like that? <laughs> yeah, come look at this thing that I know it give, does mind control. I'm definitely not being mind controlled to get you to look at it. Why would you say such Ooh, terrible things? Only a good roll. 17. Uh, oh, that rolled off of a 20. 14. One for a six. I believe her. <laughs> Let me under that rock. Yeah, she seems like the most honest, upstanding citizen you could imagine, really. Oh, there it is. Plus five. Uh, so that is a 22. Yeah, even to Alwyn's um, suspicious gaze. She seems totally on the up and up. It's interesting. More out of character. Just the the crazy android lady under uh, Eidenvey. They will not take my mind. They will not take my mind. And now, hey, here's something that will invade your mind. It's like, hmm. You're not evil. Or you have a super cool ability that masks your alignment, which is a thing. So I guess we'll check under that rock then. Yeah, so is the the rock like floating? Like kind of? So we got to lift the rock up? Yeah, I want to just get under the crowbar and just... It's kind of um, like, like the back half of it over here is on the ground and then this half is like three feet off the ground. So there's kind of a, like a 15 foot wide, um, but only three foot high opening that you have to crawl through down into the <laughs> glowy darkness. Uh, Kira will step forward and put uh, put her hand in front of Brixby's face and be like, just, just move this. Just keep that somewhere else. <laughs> From what I understand, it doesn't have a fist. I've done a lot of research. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're right. All right. Yeah, I'm still gonna go down first if I can. Do we have to crawl in? We'll just poke my head in and just take a little peek. Um, the rock space. <laughs> well, as uh, Kira gets down to a, a prone position and um, climbs down uh, on the ground, she feels a claw rake at her side. Let me just real quick roll it on a attack roll. I heard a flaw. It's like, uh, Kira has no flaws. A 21 versus flat-footed prone <laughs> AC? Uh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Um, so, uh, this previously invisible horrible hulking hunchback crone uh, with Gross. skin the color of a fresh bruise appears, uh, having just sunk a claw into the prone Kira's side. Uh, let me just roll damage real quick. Just a little bit of damage. Just 10 damage. A free attempt to grab. Um, it's a 30 to grapple. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, like, fine. Yeah, so Kira's grappled by this horrible hag-like monstrosity uh, woman and uh, seems <laughs> like a 
time to roll for initiative. I'd like to shout back to my friends. Okay, I found her sister. She was lying. Run away. <laughs> you said 10 on that, right? 10, 10 claw. Yeah, 10 damage. 10 points of hag damage. So is this the lady that owns that cabin you're always at? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe. She's my neighbor. Oh, that's... Sam, that's so... Sam. Oh, my gosh, Sam. Um, so... Uh, since Kira's already got claws in her, what's her initiative? Uh, it's a 13 on the die for an 18. That's pretty speedy. Um, how about Alwyn? Uh, Alwyn is freaking out over the third crone in the initiative he can see that he has not seen on the map yet. Uh, but he got an 11. Alright, and Asher? Surely bringing up the caboose. That's... Not the first four I've rolled tonight for a total of a nine. And Brixby. It's a two off the die for a ten. Oh, man. We're doing great. Strike team alpha. I'm really excited for for all of you to keep rolling this well. So, Kira, you're up first. Uh, You are prone, lying on the ground with a horrible... uh, Let's pop her up on the screen there. Uh, she looks like a friend, just a hunchback beast of a friend. Yeah, what do you do? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go to my character sheet because I'm pretty sure I took something after the 80th time of being grappled by a Sam thing. All right. Uh, I'm going to rage, which I can do while prone, right? There's no reason. That's that's all internal. That's that's an internal thing. You just got to be mad. Yeah, right. You're not going to take this laying down. A little bit of prone humor. Yeah, I'm going to stand right on up. Or uh, I suppose actually I'll try and break the grapple first. That'll be that'll be helpful, hopefully. Uh, but I'm raging now, so I'll have a bonus, and I will try and de-grap. That's a one, <laughs> so I assume I lose an arm or something. <laughs> you just still grab. You voluntarily pin yourself, oh, snuggling good. deep into her embrace. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. Uh, okay, well, I tried. I mean, I can't try again because I'm, like, hasted, right? I don't know how that you retry uh, a grapple. Okay, no, great. that was your standard action. All right, yeah, so then uh, just going to shout at my friends, JK, JK, and I'll uh, call it a day. All right, um, so our friend Thelina, who's sort of in the back, um, she's just going to kind of step to the south a little bit so she's got the rock kind of protecting her um actually she's gonna she's gonna head south a little bit farther just to get a clearer shot on some of the friends in the forest there and um let me just look up a spell real quick was she gonna cast bless to help us probably Probably. and she seems pretty friendly okay so she's just gonna let me just pop her up there just so you can see the sort of strange elongated claws that she has and sort of the slightly weirdish way her skin hangs off of her as she fires off three scorching rays and she's gonna she can hit Brixby and Alloin with a fairly straight shot though you give yourselves partial cuff for the trees uh, natural 19, so the first one is going to be so, so much to hit flat-footed Brixbow with a scorching ray. Yep, definitely. Just a quick 8, 9, 
12 damage. Next one for Alwyn, another Scorching Ray. This is only a 20 versus Flat-Footed Touch. Believe it or not, that still hits, even with uh, my plus two from the partial cover. <laughs> um, much less damage, only six damage. And she really didn't like how that one went, so she, the last one's going for Alwyn too. Uh, that is a natural 15, so that's a lot. And much better damage. 14 damage on the third Scorching Ray. That's going to take us to the one that you haven't seen yet, who will suddenly appear from hiding as she had been sneaking around over behind Bricksbow. She appears only as she steps up and uh, swings a, the old claw at Brixby. Um, not a very good roll at all. That is a 15 versus flat-footed. Uh, oh, okay. Flat-footed? Yeah, that's going to miss. All right. You should be happy. I am. I am pleased. Yes. Yes, very happy. Um, all right. Alowin is up. Uh, okay. Uh, Alowin is... It's hard to tell on this map. Am I adjacent to uh, Greenhag? Um, it looks like you are pretty close to it. Probably not actually adjacent just because the map. So, like, if I were to cast a spell, do I need to cast with concentration? Which I five foot? Or, okay. No, I would say you're not actually threatened. Okay. Uh, in that case, uh, Big Purple Hag is going to get her bones shook, so she needs to make me a save. <sighs> but she has bones! She doesn't like that. Big purple hag, where is your sheet? It's really annoying that everything says hag in the title, so the tabs are indistinguishable. Um, spell resistance? Uh, yes, it does have SR, which I get a plus 7 to that. Uh, that is a 16 on the dice, that is a 23. Alright, and uh, what's the save? Fort? Will? Fortitude. Yes, fortitude. Right, that is a 23 on the 42 save. Okay, so that is a partial save, so... Uh, can I still move her on the... I don't think you can move her Yeah, no, move I can only move her on a successful one. That's going to try to yank her away from Kira. Okay, uh, so that is 12, so she takes 6 points of bludgeoning damage, and I unfortunately do not get to yank her out of combat with Kira. On the plus side, 6 points of damage is not nothing. I'm 66. <laughs> All right, uh, Brixby. Oh, it, Alan, any move or anything? Uh, he's not currently in combat with anybody, so I think he's going to stay where he is. All right, uh, Brixby, you got a little hag friend in your face. All right, uh, Brixby's going to roll the cast defensively because you said that we are in non-five-foot steppable terrain, correct? Yeah. Terrain, difficult terrain. All right, cool. Righty, just, just makes it. And Brixby winks out of existence. So is no longer visible and is going to take a, a move this way. And this way is Southeast for the people that are home that are not Sam. And I'd also like before the end of my turn to roll some knowledge. Oh crap, that's right. I completely all forgot right. to roll knowledges on all three of these people. These are all knowledge local. Uh, if you want to tell me who you're rolling on. Um, let's do one clawed big lady flying walking people eater. The purple one. Uh, go for it. 
That is a 10 off the die for a 21. Um, so you're looking at an Anis Hag, um, which is, you know, your traditional, also known as a Black Hag or an Iron Hag. They're bigger and more physically intimidating than your average hag. They're usually like eight feet tall, 300 pounds, hang out in caves, all that good stuff, eat your babies. Uh, you do get one question on her. Ooh. Um, I want to know what those special attacks are. All right. Um, as far as special attacks go, she does have the claw claw bite, and the claws have a free grab, but more menacing, perhaps, is that if she lands both claws, she does get a rend. She's the, the martial friend of the triplets here. All right. Sounds good. Um... Can I keep rolling? Um, yeah. I mean, those are free actions in yep. PF1, but Anna's hags give the best hugs, so I don't know what more you want to... I'm going to go on the one that clawed me next, but I rolled a natural one because I was too busy being like, huh, crap, get away. Uh, so it just seems like a friendly green claw lady. Okay. Pro- probably not even a hag. And then I guess I technically botched my knowledge cloak on the last one, right? Because we failed when we were trying to roll on Thumbelina when we first that's, got there. That's true. You did whiff on, on her way back then. But now that we've seen her, like, yank her skin off, do we get a second one on her? <laughs> like... Yeah, you probably get another one now that you realize that she's very clearly not human and something monstrous. I was willing to take the L, but instead <laughs> I'll take the 17 for a 28. Ooh. Um, yeah, with a 28... Uh, you're looking at a blood hag. Uh, blood hags are also known to some communities as Susayants. There's no way that was right. Um, they prefer to live near isolated communities or at the edge of civilized lands. Uh, during the day, they usually appear as a young human woman, but at night they assume their true form as their skin peels back, sloughs off, and reveals a fiery monster underneath. They're pleasant friends. Uh, with a 28, I think you've got uh, two questions on it. Uh, let's do special attacks and maybe um, magic known uh, spellic abilities. That and magic known are two separate questions, right? Like spells known. And yeah. I want to do spells known. Um, well, they don't actually have any class level, so it's all spell-like abilities for, okay. for hacks. I want to give that part for free abilities. so you don't waste a question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, you should be pretty happy that you're not fighting her at night, because um, if she had no skin, she would have the ability to send a 30-foot radius fireball basically, like, whenever she wanted to. Um, she could also be in like the fiery form that just being in her space hurts you with fire but she can't do that because she's in her humanoid form because it's the day and she um, also during the day while wearing her skin she's constantly under the effect of undetectable alignment so she doesn't detect as evil but um, as far as spell like abilities go uh, she has constant detect good and detect magic she is at will, inflict moderate wounds, scorching ray, and spider climb. And three times a day, she can cast deep slumber if she wants to knock you out. 
Oof. All right, Brixby in his six seconds, so like, don't know anything about that one. That's Merle Haggard, that's Hagwagon. Uh, those are my two musical references. End of my turn. All right, Asher. Goodness. Merle Haggard, Hagwagon. Yeah, um, I guess Asher is going to first level his revolver at the anus hag and smite evil as a swift action. Which is good. We did just establish he was mm, good. No, no, not Thalina Gomez, but the big purple anus hag. So uh, now that she is effectively smote, we're going to do a rapid shot, deadly aim, uh, three bullets coming at her. Don't like it. Uh, well, one is going to miss, because that was only a three off the dice. But the other two are both natural 19s. Uh, so feeling real good with that plus five from Smite. Uh, what was the three off the dice? Uh, uh, well, with the Smite, it does... Actually, no, those are both at my... So that was the middle one, so it was at my second highest PB. I've played a game before. Uh, so that would actually be a 16 against touch. Yeah, I mean, she's big, and um, she's currently grappling. Okay. 16 hits. Then that is going to be 3d8 plus 30. Spell resistance on bullets. I mean, you tell me if mundane <laughs> rounds seem to do the normal amount of damage. <laughs> That's going to be 41 points of damage. Uh, and uh, if she does have any sort of DR... That only gets taken out once, thanks to clustered shots. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take out any anyways because of the smite, right? All right. That did a lot of damage to her. She looks super hurt. Good. She's very upset. It is her turn next, so she's probably going to take it out on Kira. Sorry. All right. Um, so we have the Anis Hag. She is standing over Kira, currently grappling her. I think she is going to release the grapple because she currently has a prone little half-orc in front of her about to get a full attack. Power attack. No, she doesn't have power attack? Oh my god. Yeah! Who oh, doesn't have power Lord. attack? Paizo. Nerd. Come on. Sorry. Greater fortitude. Or great fortitude. What is this? Um, that's a cracked eye. Uh, 17 for the bite. Um, let's see. I'm prone. You're not grappled anymore. You're prone. But that so doesn't matter. You're not grappled. Uh, I am raging though, so 17 will hit. Uh, that is yeah, 10 damage. Uh, claw number one. That's a natural one. That's big. Claw number two okay. is um, a 28. The hit. Um, that is higher than a whatever you just did. Uh, that is uh, 13 damage. And the free attempt to grab, but no rend this time. Uh, the grab this time around is a 29. Blur! Oh, blur! Yes. But blur! All right. So back to the first Every hit, time. which was 10 damage. Uh, 54 in the blur. Second hit with the grabaroo, and uh, that is a 7 on the blur. So you're not grabbed. And take back those um, 13 yeah. HP. We'll do that. Uh, the character is broken and she's banned from the rest of the game. Yay. 
And it's your turn. Hooray. Uh, I'm still prone. Let's see. I would like to get up, and I will deal with whatever comes of that. Yeah, she's going to do the old claw on you. As you try to get up, 24. Um, yep, pretty sure that's fine. Yeah. And blur. Oh, and blur. 35. Um, that is 13 damage, so she gets it back. Okay, all right. On the way up for the grab, 24 versus CMD. CMD? Ooh, 25 CMD. I am okay. I don't like it. Yes. Oh, I'm going to hit. Not the first time in the entire pod that an enemy has yes. failed to grapple. I, I've Probably. never not been grappled in my life. <laughs> Monsters are good at grappling and um, getting killed. Yeah. yeah, they all get free grapples and they all get like a plus 20 to the roll. Cool. All right. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit her with a chainsaw. Back to the classic. Been a minute. Ah, oh, that's a natural twenty. Tiny oh unicorn on the die. Um, um, I will roll to confirm. Do that. Uh, that is an eighteen on the die to confirm. So like a I don't know twenty, thirty something. Yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, so that is going to be six. 56 plus 40. Roll 6d6 plus 40. Um, that's a 62, what is it called? Uh, chainsaw damage. 62, well, 62 chain. You get the sense that not all of that went through um, when she had some kind of damage reduction. So her corpse is in slightly better condition than you would have expected. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I just noticed you said had in past tense. Um, yeah, so she dead. Uh, well, as, as standing up and brushing off this damage, like, okay, so I think that she's not actually my friend, and we maybe have less in common than I thought. My bad. All right, that's going to take us to um, the lady with the skin falling off. And she has pretty clearly identified um, the person who has a chainsaw and is dangerous. And she's going to shoot fire at her, as one does. Uh, natural 19 on the first one. That's going to be like a bajillion. On the blur, 99. So, well, 4d6 on Kira. 8 damage on Kira. What? Uh, ray number 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, how did you get 8 on 46? 27 versus touch. Uh, yes. Only an 11 on the blur. And the third one is a natural 15, so that's just going to be so many. And on the blur, a f 83. 83 is better than 20. Good roll on the damage. That is 18. Ooh almost looking hurt. She's gonna just kind of step into the trees just a little bit. And then the green hag, since she lost her um, friend Brixbow that she wanted to kill uh, because he was closest to her, is instead gonna go over to the kid in the pajamas. And she's gonna claw him real quick. Uh, that is a 25. Uh, yep. Alright. So the damage here isn't very good. Um, it is five damage on the claw. That's never good. That is not what you have to concern yourself with. Um, you need to make a fortitude save. 
Oh, thank God. Uh, I only have a plus four, but that is a 19 on the die for a 23. All right, Alwyn. So I really hope is enough at this level. <laughs> Alwyn manages to fight off whatever this effect was. And feels totally fine. And he gets a turn for his trouble. Uh, okay, so he is going to... No, that's fine. Okay, I just got to make a cast defensively. I was looking to see, because this is a cantrip, so I'm like, it's got to be like, oh, it doesn't affect anybody with above whatever, but it totally does. Uh, so that is a 9 on the die. Cast defensively is a 12, so that is... Okay, that passes that. So he reaches out to touch her, and that is a 14. What is my... Uh, that is a 18 against touch AC. Alright, um, that hits. Does this allow spell resistance? Yes, because I have my versus SR thing. That is a 20. Alright, that gets it. Okay, uh, she is fatigued for the next eight rounds. And then Alwyn is going to, uh, can she still, she can probably still, uh, attack me at that. So he's just going to five foot step away from her. Uh, you can't five foot step in the woods. Oh, in this stuff, yeah. So I'm going to have to risk her smacking me. Uh, you know what? I'll just stand here next to her and hope somebody shoots her before next round. All right, Invisible Brixby. Invisible Brixby is going to follow the blood hag, uh, Felina, and probably go out to the rock or so. Really want to say something slick, but I'm invisible. <laughs> well, I'm vanished technically, so really don't want to. You know, make myself visible. I know I would have to attack her, but I feel like it really ruins my element of surprise. So he's going to level his hand, and he is going to let loose a ranged touch. Now, do they have... Um, I guess you can just apply your partial cub on your side. I won't take it as a... So... Is, and no, there is no SR That's against me. this bad boy. Ooh, that is a, a two off the die for a 12 versus... Uh, flat-footed touch. Actually, wait. Flat-footed touch is um, is ten. With the cove is twelve. <laughs> Meets beats, baby. All right. So let's roll that big one d three first. That's a three of acid damage, and then let's also put on that four d six for good measure. That's a seventeen, make, bringing that up to a twenty with the sneak attack altogether. She's and invisible again. You're invisible again? Oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm visible. I was going to say. With a V. I, I, I vanished. I did not waste the fourth level spell on this one. Maybe next time. And that'll bring us to Asher. Yeah, uh, seeing how easily, just without hardly any effort, the anus hag went down, Asher will take a look at uh, Quasimoda over here and just do a non-smoke deadly aim full attack rabbit shot I think between Brixbow and Kira Thalina is going to be smoke all by herself so uh, yeah three bullets coming at I don't think we got this this uh, young lady's name was this one sadly it's lost the ages Okay, the last one is surely a miss because she is not large and there is not a smite. That was only a seven against touch. 
but the first two are uh, we're looking at a 23 to 25 against touch. Those will both do it. It's only 18 points of damage total from the two. And this uh, would have DR taken out once because of cluster shots. Doesn't seem to resist any damage. Yeah, no, uh, uh, since he can't find a footstep, uh, but he can, as a free action, fully reload his empty six-chambered revolver. He'll do that. All right. Kira, you're up. You're raging. You are not grappled. There's a dead purple bruise lady next to you. All right. Yeah, let's... Uh... I want to cross over into... Is the clearing area also difficult terrain? No, the clearing area is clear. Can I get... I guess it doesn't matter. I I can't get over the rock, probably, though. I need to go around it. Yeah, you got to kind of go around the rock. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'll go around the rock and get up into uh, Selena's face also. Just a quick attempt to chainsaw. Mm, That's lower than last time. That's a 10 plus 15, 25 to hit. Um, a 25 will hit. That is going to be uh, 28 damage on the first hit. I uh, only get the one because you had to move. I did have to move. You were... No, wait, I'm hasted, though. But I had to uh, move still. still. It... Yeah, it's Every time. Something. I'm going to remember that someday. Haste. It'll give you either one extra move action or an extra attack on a full attack. But it won't ever give you a, like an extra standard. I wish it yeah. did. Uh, then I will stand here and do nothing. All right. Well, it didn't look like all the damage went through. Uh, you did hurt her. It's the good thing. Bet you wish you had your no skin fireball now, Teresa. Um, I think she is going to roll to cast defensively. Just real quick. Oh, I hope she fails this and gets a chainsaw to the face. Um, she gets it. She got a 29. Um, so I do need a um, will save from Kira. She getting sleepy? Uh, great, great. Love these. Will save. I'm raging, so I have a tiny, tiny little... I've lost all my dice. A likely story. Well... That's going to be a chew on the die, plus an old nine for 11. That was an 11. Kira falls asleep. Ah, uh, why? Okay. Oh, no, on her chainsaw. Teenagers. Oh, she falls right on the chainsaw. <laughs> Onto oh, the running chainsaw. Oh, it's No, it's like, the, it's like the friendly wolf. It's just Kira and the chainsaw are so close. <laughs> the chainsaw is physically incapable. He's actually wearing a full body version of those like pants that have the threads in them that loggers wear that immediately yeah, gum the chain up. Gummed. Um All right, I'm asleep. Yeah, Kira's asleep. Um I think I'm gonna go to bed too. Ah uh, night, Sam. Oh man. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Kira. Uh, everyone's sleeping. <laughs> Good night, Moon Hags. Is that the Good Dead night, one. everyone. Is that Bye. the first ever episode that ended with a character falling asleep? Yes. against the machine.
fought against the machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. My ring light just fell. That's that's, that's suspense. Pause for ring light. Oh, it all bypasses the eye, so it's just like extra. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Boop, got all that out. Means it's staying in. Um, Yeah.